The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. I'm your host, Intuitive Counselor, Victoria Shaw, and today... We're going to talk about a topic that I have wanted to riff on for a really, really, really long time. I have been writing on it, journaling on it, chatting with the guides about it for a while, and I decided it's finally time to uh, sit down and see if I can't record something on this topic. And this topic is around our comfort zones and the value of getting out of your comfort zone. And more importantly, really, like, does change and growth really have to be uncomfortable, right? Because many of us have been taught you can't grow or change if you don't get out of your comfort zone. The implication being that growth and change has got to hurt. It's got to be struggly. It's got to involve some suffering. And my friends, ah, nothing could be further from the truth, okay? So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the relationship between growth and change and suffering and struggle and uncomfortableness. And also, I want to redefine a little bit and think a little bit more about that whole idea of comfort zone and why sometimes when we stretch a little bit, it's a good thing, but why we don't necessarily have to make ourselves uncomfortable in order to change. All right. I hope all that makes sense. So the last iteration came to me when I was visiting a friend who was emphatic that I should try hot yoga with him because, you know, I should get out of my comfort zone. And yours truly does not like hot yoga. If you like hot yoga, I love that for you, but it is not something that my body enjoys at all. I prefer slower, more meditative forms of yoga. It's okay if the room is naturally, like if it's a hot day and I'm outside, I then I love hot yoga. <laughs> but if it's like intentionally cranked up so that, you know, I can get some extra sweat going through my vinyasa, though I understand why that can be very pleasing for a lot of people. It does nothing for me. And it made me think again around that idea, right, that we sometimes have this idea, cold plunges are another one. And again, if you are a cold plunger, more power to you. I know there's a lot of good research for that. Um, But oftentimes, I think in society, we have learned to equate being uncomfortable, right? And maybe even like, you know, suffering a little bit with a prerequisite for growth and change. And almost we have been conditioned to believe that, you know, if I suffer enough, you know, I'm going to earn brownie points in the form of growth and change and personal and spiritual development. And I want you to know there are no brownie points to be earned ever through unhappiness, 
right? And all your soul ever wants you to experience is well-being, well-being. And when we change from a space of well-being, which is possible too, oh my goodness, my friends, that is one of the most magical things that we can experience. But we do live in a world up until now where for a lot of us, growth and change can be a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit challenging. So I want to talk about some of the ways that it can be challenging, why we don't have to believe that it has to be challenging, and also why we don't have to necessarily invite the challenge in to prove you know, that we're worthy of change, right? Because it's not the challenge itself that actually gets the job done. It's just that sometimes as we're getting the job done because of just the way human beings you know, are naturally up until now, Ah, there can sometimes be a little bit of discomfort involved, okay? But there doesn't have to be. So I want to talk a little bit first and foremost about comfort zones and the idea in general. What is that? What does that mean? Because I think for a lot of people, we equate comfort zone with a zone that's not really that comfortable. And comfort zone becomes what you're habitually used to. And for many of us, what's habitual, what's normal, what we're accustomed to sorry to say, is not always that comfortable at all. And for many humans on the planet, probably not all of you, but for many humans on the planet, they live in a sort of constant state of discomfort, right? But they're used to it. So it feels comfortable to them. And eventually what usually happens is the level of distress and discomfort gets so big and so strong that it just, you know, knocks you out of your quote unquote comfort zone. It knocks you out of those habitual patterns. It gets so uncomfortable that finally, rather than habituating to a steady stream of discomfort, right? It's gotten so uncomfortable that we have to take a step back and say, okay, now something has to change. And oftentimes the guides say that change is actually driven by external factors or what seems to be external factors, right? Because you are a powerful manifester. And whatever you are thinking or feeling at this time, right, if it gets strong enough, it will create ripples in the outside world. And those ripples will come back and show you where you want to grow and expand, what you want to let go of, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So oftentimes we'll experience a loss or we'll experience a trauma or we'll experience a issue in a relationship, you know, because it's brewing behind the surface. We have accustomed to whatever's going on, but something in us is starting to really want to move, want to grow, want to shift. And so our being, our spirit, our, you know, inner self knows that if we draw these things into our space and you're not doing it on purpose, it's just how life works. It's just that beautiful process of life. You know, the greater your discontent grows, the more you're going to attract in experiences that will give you the opportunity to shake things up. And that's too why we often conflate and confuse discomfort, suffering, and growth and change because oftentimes the greatest growth does come or may come up until now. Again, this is not the only way to get the job done. It's just been the way that many of us have been doing it for you know many lifetimes, but it's not, it's not the way of the future, my friends. But anyhow, oftentimes, you know, really deep growth and opportunities for deep growth do come during these really difficult periods, during times when we are, you know, having struggle, having real loss in our lives or things shaken up or illness or, you know, things that we would say are not good, right? Things that we find highly uncomfortable. And so in our minds, right, for many of us, we have come to believe that growth 
is always the result of suffering. And though I love the idea, and the guides are encouraging me to say this, I think, I love the idea of looking at whatever's happening for you right now is just that. It's happening for you. Everything in life is an opportunity. Every darn thing, you know, even the hard stuff. Maybe some people might say especially the hard stuff. That doesn't mean it has to be hard. But when you feel that it is and you can hold yourself through it and see the gift in every experience, you see, that's when we shift back to our well-being and that's when life gets really, truly magical. So the basic idea of everything in life is a gift, I say go with that. And some gifts don't feel so gifty when you first receive them, right? Ah, um, But those are gifts too. Those are gifts too. And sometimes the ones that explode in your face can be the greatest gifts if you allow yourself to really take advantage of that opportunity. But again, this is not to say that that's the only way in which growth can occur because it's not. It's not at all. Now, the other reason I think, and I think this is a big one too, is that we often confuse discomfort with growth and change and why growth and change can sometimes be uncomfortable It goes back to that habituated state, right? And we all have this beautiful thing called an ego, our human self, our human personality, our human apparatus that creates for us a stable sense of who we are and how we interact with the world and even how the world works. So it gives us that stable reality, right? When we grow and change, oftentimes, well, all the time, actually, we start to shift our perspective. Things in the outside world change. Things internally change. Our perspective changes. It grows. And so all of those habitual patterns that our ego is hanging on to to create that stable sense of reality, those things start to stretch, right? And when they start to stretch, the ego gets really uncomfortable because the ego's job is to hang on to them. The ego's job is to keep the status quo, the status quo as much as possible. Now, the only constant is change. So you are always changing and evolving at every single moment of time, right? Because there is just, there's no time actually. But you are always growing and changing and expanding. We are in a constant state of expansion, whether we like it or recognize it or not. But the ego, which is trying to convince us that we have the stable reality and the stable sense of self, gets a little bit ruffled when you know, we get to the point where it can't hang on to a stable sense of who we are and what the world is supposed to look like. And that's what happens every time that we start to grow, that we expand, that we go through what you might call a paradigm shift, right? A whole nother way of viewing ourselves in the world. When that happens, it's natural to feel a little bit destabilized. And the more that we live according to ego versus soul, spirit, higher self, higher alignment, inner being, whatever words you want to use, the more that we are in that ego space, the more uncomfortable we will be with change. It's just how it is because the ego doesn't like that. The ego's job is to maintain. I know I've said it before, but I feel like it bears saying just a few more times. The whole job of the ego is to create this false, stable sense of reality and self. And so when that gets stretched, it's uncomfortable. And all the places where you exist in ego are going to get stirred up. They're going to get stirred up. Now, the good news is the more we rest in soul, the more we can see things and experience things from our God perspective, from our higher selves, 
ah, the easier it is to navigate change. The easier it is to navigate change and growth because we understand and align with the fact that, you know, the only constant is change and that, you know, we are here to expand. We are here to grow. That is the whole, you know, part and parcel of this human experience is the divine's push towards expansion and growth. And so from that perspective, it's always a joyous, joyous thing. Moreover, the guides say we can always find the joy lens in every experience when we are able to tune in and look at it from our soul, right? Your soul will see the joy in everything. And I've shared this a couple of times on the podcast, but I'm going to share it again because it's such a good example. The winter of 2021, I was going through quite a nervous system (laughs) disruption and quite a difficult emotional period for me, really like off the charts. And one of many things precipitated it. But one of the things that precipitated it was, you know, my upcoming divorce and my separation from my husband. And I don't know when this will go live, but at some point very soon, we shall be, you know, thoroughly divorced. But it was the early stages and it was really uncomfortable. And, And though my soul knew what the right choice was, my humanness was feeling, you know, a little unsafe and uncozy. And one of the things that happened, and I was in a pretty, pretty intensely reactive place. But one of the things that happened is that I remember specifically one night when I was experiencing just an overwhelming amount of distress, just an over overwhelming amount of distress, enough that I have to take a step back now and take a breath just for remembering it. Ah, I had a glimmer. All of a sudden, like a, a switch flipped in my being. And I saw the whole situation the way my soul saw it. I saw the joy. I saw the play. I saw the excitement. I saw the love. I saw the beauty. I mean, my soul was having a rock star time. And getting that glimmer for me was so validating and so deeply healing. And I was not able to hold it for a super long time at that period of time. But I knew it was there. And I knew it was the truth. And friends, no matter what you're going through right now, that is always the truth for you too, right? Your soul is not participating in your suffering. And you don't have to be either, right? And if you are, hug yourself and hold yourself through it. That's what I learned to do. But recognize too, it's not inevitable. It's not inevitable. It's not even necessary. As soon as you learn to let go of it, (laughs) it will be mostly gone. And then we learn to navigate change by holding ourselves more in that, you know, soul lens, that joy lens, what my dear friend Lisa McCourt would perhaps call the namaste lens. I don't actually know if she'd use it for this one, but I like it. So I'm, I'm stealing that from you, Lisa. So we start to hold ourselves from there and we start to embrace and understand that change is a natural process of life and that growth is the name of the game and that it's actually a beautiful thing. And when we're in this state too, we will be less apt to invite in suffering because we think, you know, we get a badge for doing it. You don't, right? You don't. The good news is life will give you lots of opportunities to stretch and you don't have to stretch in areas that you're not ready to or you don't want to, right? Because it is not just about stretching ourselves for the sake of stretching. It's really around following our joy. And sometimes when we do that, you know, it can be a little exhilarating and sometimes it can be a little bit, a little bit scary, right? Because the ego is, is a little bit reluctant. And in those moments, what we really want to do is not push or force or yell or shame. We just want to love ourselves. We want to love ourselves. We want to love that little voice that's afraid. 
We want to love that little voice that's not sure. We want to love that little voice that's telling us, I don't want to do this, right? Just as we want to love the little voice that might say, but you have to. (laughs) What we really want to do when we're going through any kind of change, invited or not, or if it's like me, a combination of the two, we want to deepen our love for ourselves, our self-love, our awareness, Ah, and our ability to understand that everything is serving us. But at any moment of time, we have the invitation to return to our own sense of well-being, which can be found anywhere. So while stretching our comfort zone can sometimes be very, very, very comfortable and sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable, (laughs) we don't have to do it just to do it. Not at all. The guides also say that one thing that people sometimes get confused as well is the difference between being uncomfortable, meaning this really does not resonate with my being, as they say, that hot yoga doesn't with mine. I have a gentle body and it doesn't like to be pushed, (laughs) right? Versus that fear-based response of not wanting to let go of what feels safe and familiar. And you see, those are two very different things. So they say, if Victoria went to a yoga class and she was afraid to do any movement because she was afraid that she was going to get hurt, then gently and lovingly, it might be helpful for her to expand her comfort zone, right? Now, I wouldn't want to do it all at once, right? Because if I'm really afraid of getting hurt, you know, and then I jump into the splits, I'm probably going to hurt myself. So it's gentle and lovingly. It doesn't have to be abrupt, but I want to go back to the guides because they were saying something really good and they say, go ahead. So let me just tune in a little bit deeper. But the point is that sometimes our fear tells us that something is comfortable when releasing that fear would make us feel free, would make us feel free. And so that's why a lot of these edgy things like skydiving and cold plunges and why these things can sometimes be really exhilarating for us because they get us out of our fearful mind and they let us know what we're capable of and what's possible for us. And you see, that's a really beautiful way of expanding what we are comfortable with, right? So it doesn't have to be uncomfortable at all. It's simply understanding that what we thought would make us uncomfortable really actually increases deeply our joy. And so that is a beautiful, beautiful way to play with comfort zones. And I'm so glad I got that from the guides because I've been writing different blogs on this for at least three years. And that's the first time I saw that beautiful bit of wisdom. And it really makes sense. There are times when we do push ourselves forward through the fear a little bit or even a lot of it because we know the gain is so great. And when we do it, the guides say, we do it because there's an inner feeling of joy. There's an inner feeling of expansion. It's like my friend when he goes to hot yoga, it's exhilarating for him. It's exciting for him to see what his body is able to do. And so for him, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift of getting out of that comfort zone. Whereas for me, there are other places where I'd like to expand. I'll give you an example today. Many of you probably know by the time this goes live that I've become a newly accustomed fan to barefoot hiking. Um, And I learned this from another person I met (laughs) recently who's a barefoot hiker and went for a hike with them and they were barefoot. And I just knew by the end of that hike that this was something that I too needed to do. And it's now become pretty much a daily occurrence for me where I hit the trails without shoes on. 
But what's happening here right now in spring in San Diego, and I think this is going to go live in the summer, but all good, is we had a lot of rain this winter. And the trails are just overgrown in a way that they're usually not. And there's, you know, waist high or even more than waist high because I'm, I'm not a very tall girl. Shrubbery now that's growing over the trails where it normally wouldn't be there. And it's a little hard, I think, for anyone who manages the trails to keep up with. And so what that means is there were a couple places on the trail today where I couldn't quite see my feet, where I couldn't quite see my feet. Now, there's an old Victoria version that would have definitely run back down the hill and put some serious closed-toed shoes on because, you know, we have scorpions and rattlesnakes and things, and I don't want to step on anything like that. But for me, in this moment now, what an exhilarating feeling to know in my bones that I'm safe, to know that I'm in my bones that I'm safe no matter what I do, no matter what I do, and even no matter what I step on, not that I had any expectation in any way, shape, or form that I was going to step on anything, anything at all other than a little bit of trail and uh, some pebbles and those squishy little plants, which is exactly what happened. But for me to allow myself to expand my comfort zone by not worrying about what was there, I was being mindful, friends. I was being careful, but I was also deepening my trust in life and deepening my trust in myself to know, to intuit, to feel, to trust that every Everything is always okay. And that the more I align with my own inner being and the beautiful wellness and safety and security, and and even those words bring the vibe down a little bit because those are very mind ego words, but just my trust in myself and my faith in life and in my own ability to vibe with my highest and truest potential, I was able to walk through those little places where I couldn't see the ground with ease, joy, and grace and a great exhilaration. So for me, that was a beautiful moment of expanding my comfort zone even more based in joy and based in my desire to deepen my level of fearlessness, to release more fear, to deepen my trust in life. And the guides say, you know, that is the best way that we can expand our comfort zone by understanding you don't need that fear at all. You don't need that fear at all. And so then expanding your comfort zone doesn't become about suffering at all. It becomes about deepening your level of trust in yourself and in the process of life. And that's when things get really, 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 really exciting. All right. So I think that that's all that wants to come through for you today. Thank you all, as always, for listening, for tuning in and allowing me to listen to the guides and share from the guides and and get to explore all these amazing topics. It is a joy for me and I hope it is a joy for you too. If you like the podcast, please, please, please write us a five-star recommendation on your podcast platform of choice. It really, really helps get more eyeballs on the show. You can follow us, you can share with your friends, but it really makes a big difference and we love that. You can also join us over on the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group where we have a little bit more interaction and uh, you get sometimes the behind the scenes view of the podcast and so much more. I give free readings over there as well. I offer private sessions to people all over the world and just launched the Intuitive Connection Premier Community, which is a membership group, a paid membership group, where we meet twice a month and explore in more detail and with more interaction the kinds of topics that we cover on the show. And I also offer opportunities for group intuitive readings. So that's all the fun stuff we have going on. But whatever you do, keep listening, keep enjoying. I love you all and namaste. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.